Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Bottled Up Podcast. It's been a hot minute since we had a guest on the show. It's been a, an awfully long time since I've had someone that I know personally come and visit the show. So why don't you introduce yourself here, my friend? Hi, everyone. Brian Tedeschi, uh, driver of the number 22 Shell Pennzoil Ford Mustang in the E-NASCAR Heat Pro League for Team Penske Esports. And also Purdue grad, Purdue master student, too. That's crazy to say. And that's how we actually ended up meeting is we were both involved with the Purdue Grand Prix, which for those of you that don't know, it's a it's the greatest spectacle in college racing. It's a go kart race. Essentially, they gave a rule book to a bunch of engineers and said, hey, go crazy. And it drives us all crazy. Um, we met because of an interaction I had with the Grand Prix officials. They, oh, my gosh. They made a decision and allowed us to race and we were very thankful and then as soon as we took the green flag to race our way into the event they decided that oh no i'm sorry we've changed our minds and we never told you you could race we just allowed you on track and nobody said anything for the past 10 minutes uh and so i had a very heated interaction with them and then a couple months later i got a message on facebook hey aren't you that guy that got uh, into that interaction with the grand prix officials and i went yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah, old Purdue Grand Prix, that'll do it to you. Oh, it'll do you, and that is for darn sure. So what what got you into the Purdue Grand Prix from when you first got there on campus? So I would say the biggest the biggest thing that got me in there was I actually lived in McCutcheon. I uh, lived in McCutcheon Hall my freshman year, saw they had a team. Originally, it was supposed to be the driver, but then Cameron Speth, really, really good friend of mine and good kart racer, he came in and like he drove what he drove the car way better than I ever could have. I was salty at the time, but I think I learned a lot being a crew member. Uh rolled with him for two years and then took a year off and then moved to First Street and got the opportunity to be the driver and kind of team director. So was able to make the calls on what we bought, what we did, kind of everything setup wise. So that really got me involved. And then plus with my background running super late models and just being involved in the short track industry, I was like, well, I want to try this road course karting thing. But it was it was a lot of fun. Um, and then next year, like we were talking about before we went on air, probably going to be involved in building a kart again next year. So You and me both. I mean, I, I understand the, the side of it of working as sort of the team director and the head person and choosing what you do and don't buy. That's interesting, though, to be both the director and the driver. Did anyone ever say anything like we don't need to do this you're only doing it you know for yourself you just want to drive or anything like that because I could I could not ever be the director and the driver I already want to tear my hair out enough from running a team oh it was tough it was tough because pretty much you were responsible for all aspects of the operation and I had a great team I had a really really great team of people behind me uh we kind of had to teach them from the start because I mean a lot of them when you when you mention like Especially having started racing when I in two thousand shoot two thousand two is when I started racing carts. So it was very much like I kind of knew what needed to happen, and a lot of those assumptions other people didn't have. So it was kind of a huge learning curve. And a lot of people, when it comes to your question, they did trust me. They're like, "What do you think about this?" And I was like, "Well, we need to buy this part, or we need to do this thing because of these certain scenarios." And in my racing career, pretty much if anything could have went wrong, it has went wrong. So when it comes to preventative maintenance and things like that, I think we got that covered. Absolutely. And there's a lot of really strong teams in the Purdue Grand Prix. And I think you and I are sort of in the same boat there with if something can break, it will. And oh, yeah. I mean, gosh, you and I, between the two of us, have probably broken every component 
on a go-kart and fixed it uh, with our teams in the course of one season. So it's, uh, it's, it's very interesting. You mentioned you do some super late model racing as well. And then we're going to use that as a segue over into the virtual world where now you're competing in the NASCAR Heat Pro League. How did you get involved? That like, how did you get your start doing NASCAR Heat and racing competitively there? So, uh, kind of goes way back. I had a friend of mine who I met in I racing in 2010, Justin Brooks. Uh, he we I raced together. We were on the same team. Uh, then we ended up moving, kind of disconnected for a while, and then we ended up reconnecting. And we started playing NASCAR Heat two and three. And it was just from the fact that while well, I love I racing. Um, the biggest thing is the accessibility standpoint. It's a little bit easier for me to grab my console and take it to Purdue with me and set it up on whatever TV I have available. So we started playing that. And then when the opportunity came up and the pro league was a thing, I was like, well, I'm going to try out for this. And I was like, the worst that's going to happen is that it just doesn't work. And we ended up kind of figuring out that we were consistently one of the top 20 guys overall in the qualifiers. I'm like, well, we may have a shot at this. And then fortunate enough to, I remember, remember the day, watching it live on Twitch and seeing Brad Kozlowski call my name to be drafted by Team Penske. So it was really, really neat. And then I was fortunate enough to be retained for season two and come back to try to win a championship. Absolutely. And so you didn't know in advance that you were being drafted. They didn't send you anything and say, hey, we're going to be calling your name. Just, you know, be ready for that at all. It was just you're watching there on Twitch, pity your stomach feeling of, am I going to be picked? Yep, uh, they told, basically it was 50 of us, so they, they uh, narrowed the draft pool down to 50 people, and it was uh, 50 people for each console going for 14 spots on their console. Oh so it gosh. was definitely gut-wrenching, and like there was a lot of projections and mock drafts and people inside the industry doing like offering their opinion who would go where. And I found myself on a lot of their boards, but it wasn't as high. Like Penske was the number four pick, I was, a lot of the projections I saw and how I felt personally, I felt I'd go anywhere between the 9 and 14 spot. And because I felt that there were people who were better than me, people who were a little bit more prepared. And then literally I wasn't even paying attention. Like a friend of mine got drafted number three to junior motorsports. And then I was just like, I turned back and I hear he's our number, I hear Brad Kozlowski saying it. He was our number one pick the whole time with the first pick, we, or with the fourth pick, we choose Brian Tedeschi. And I'm like, holy crap. Like it, it just was unexpected. <laughs> Well, I must have been an amazing feeling there. That's that's unbelievable. And now, correct me if I'm wrong, but in that first race, you did pretty well for yourself there? Oh, yeah. We did, we did pretty well. Uh, brought <laughs> home the W. It was really neat and uh, just an awesome experience to be able to go to the Coke 600. I was about to call it the World 600 there. I'm about to go out there and like get to take in the atmosphere and i've been to charlotte before like i actually went for the legends million event that happened gosh 2012 2013 i was out there for that but i never got to see a cup race so i was able to go out to the cup race like see everything and then sit on the different boxes and just experience the town so it was really neat deal and then to win the race like that was like holy crap like i was unexpected like I kind of thought we were decent, but I mean, it kind of turned into a wreck fest and we just kind of came out on top. So it was, that was a, like I said, that deal was awesome to be the first ever winner and to represent NASCAR team Penske and kind of the esports front that we're in the kind of the industry that we're moving forward. I think it's really cool. I can absolutely imagine. And we were talking before the broadcast. So as of recording right now, when we're recording, which is May 1st, 2020, 
you had a race a couple days ago at Watkins Glen. And yep. so I don't unfortunately get the opportunity to follow this series as much as I want because I work on Wednesday nights and have other broadcasts going on. I try to tune in, tune in when I can. But you were in the trucks at Watkins mm-hmm. Glen. So what was that adjustment there and how much can you rely on, you know, racing it on the cup side or in other cars to run it in the trucks where you usually don't see the trucks at Watkins Glen? Yeah, it was definitely really tough. Uh, I would say the biggest the biggest hurdle was just the truck is so heavy and just does not have like the center corner rotation of a cup car. So corners like the bus stop and the carousel were probably the hardest corners to get through. And then just how NASCAR heat is, you have to be really, really tight on the curbs throughout the bus stop. So, I mean, you you really have a narrow window to hit every lap. And I think that was the biggest, like, I feel like track adaptation was good, but it was just this car setup and getting acclimated to such a heavy car on a road course. That is good. That was the tough part. And then to think that we're going to mid-Ohio in the trucks here in three weeks, that's even going to be crazier. I I can only imagine how that's going to to end up being. So with NASCAR Heat, you raced last season on a controller, and this year uh-huh. we talked about you've bumped over to a wheel. Is that you know is that like a big difference? You feel like you perform better on a wheel or better on a controller because it just the the game was originally designed for a console. That's where you got your start, like you mentioned earlier, and you play console stuff you know with your controller. So moving over to a wheel, do you feel like you're performing better or do you wish you still had that controller? Or what what goes through your mind when you're making that transition from one input device to another? I honestly feel better on the wheel and I wish I would have made the transition sooner. Um, uh, we're fortunate enough that this year uh, Fanatics supplied the entire league with uh, equipment. So we all got uh, Fanatic bases, wheels, pedals, and all the equipment that we needed, which I'm super grateful for because... I could never afford Fanatic equipment. I just look at that and I'm like, that is something you go on the website and it's like looking at a Ferrari. It's like something you know you can't get. But really fortunate to have the opportunity to have it. And it's it is so nice. Like you're able, I think in NASCAR Heat, it, from my point of view, you're able to run the cars a lot looser uh, and still conserve the tires more. You're able to save fuel a little bit better. There's just a lot more fine tuning you can do. And I think one thing that's helped my transition back to being on a wheel was like like we said off air, was being back on iRacing a little bit more often. Being able to use a game with a wheel and then to jump onto the console, it's not as big for some people who have never had a wheel before, and they're like, uh, this is crazy. So, because NASCAR Heat has a very distinct feel with the wheel, and if you don't get the settings right, you're kind of out to lunch. Right, and that's, that's sort of the last thing you want to be when you're competing at the highest level like you are here. Yep. And speaking of competing at the highest level... There was one broadcast last year that I set aside, marked on my calendar, circled it, and said, I am 100% watching this, and that was the championship race. And they, So yeah. I, rem- I remember they had you guys in the room, sort of in the middle, with the crowd all around, all four of you guys sitting there together. What goes through your mind when you are sitting there, you know, getting into your chair and focusing? And I remember you just had laser precision. It was like there was nobody even around you throughout that entire race. So what is that like? being brought to the studio and basically being the center of attention there as you're racing for a championship because now not only do you have a championship to win, you can't do it from home, you're sort of the center of attention as well. The only time I've had that that many butterflies was when I jumped into a super late race, like at Grundy. That was, 
I would say the feeling was comparable to you were, I was about to jump in the car just because the fact of like you had the driver introductions and then you kind of knew what was on the line and it was winning a NASCAR championship. And it was just kind of the thought process and going through the whole week, doing all the media stuff that we were doing. It was just, everyone kept saying that, uh, how would it feel to be a NASCAR champion? And it really didn't hit me to the fact that yes, we are doing eNASCAR, but to still be considered a NASCAR champion of some sort would be absolutely insane. So it was just, and then being the second race, I don't think contributed to that a whole lot, like contributed to like the stress a whole lot, just because um, Corey did so well that it was like, okay, we're in a good position. Now we have to do what we have to do. And then the race played out as it was, which still a little salty in my opinion, but I mean, it happened and we ended up finishing third in the championship. But I think it was still overall a really great experience. And a lot of people afterwards, we talked about it and we're like, man, this is such an upscale from sitting in our living rooms or our bedrooms, just playing Xbox with each other. Now we're sitting in front of executives and fans for a race. And hey, that doesn't sound too bad at all. So can we expect to see you back there this season competing in the top four for a championship? I hope so. Uh, first two races, the results really haven't been indicative of the hard work and the effort and the quality of cars that we've had. Uh, was led a lot of laps at Homestead and then got moved out of the way with probably a handful to go and ended up finishing eighth. Watkins Glen was battling in the fourth to sixth range and then went in for the final pit stop and sped. So, and then got another P8, which that was a pretty good recovery as we came out 13th and ended up working our way back into eighth and two more laps, we would have had seventh. So it was definitely, I mean, we've had good cars and I really have to thank, uh, we have a little team, Friends and Family Chassis Works. Um, we really have a good thing going on, trying to build the cars, trying to get get everything from the car setup point, car setup standpoint on point. And this week we're going to Dover Xfinity, which we have a little something in the bag. Uh, practiced last night and found something pretty late last night. And we have a really, really good car. So super excited to move forward. And like I said, it's just with the new format, you have to be good at, at four distinctly different racetracks in order to qualify for the playoffs. So this segment, we're kind of in trouble, but I think the next two segments are going to be in good shape. Well, hopefully that is the case because we are excited to sit back and watch you. I do want to say one thing that I really like that they've done this season is it's now your real last names on the cars. Because I like that too. Yeah, I mean, because looking at it last season, you have people like, wow, that's garbage. And it's like, wow, that's garbage is out there with Shell V Power 22 competing for the lead. And it's like, who are these people? Why does he want to be referred to himself as, wow, that's garbage? <laughs> like, Yeah, I love I love the gamer tags. Like, I love the uniqueness of it because right. a lot of times it does, it does have personality. But at this level, I mean, it, it is better for the fans to kind of get to know us. And while I love supporting my sponsors because I, my gamer tag on the esports sites is Shell V Power 22, I do like um, I do like the fact that they kind of get to know us outside of it. Which, if you tune in on the broadcast this week, there's going to be a really cool. Uh, they're doing a get to know Team Penske Esports, and they're going to have myself and my teammate Corey on there. Some really cool nuggets, and there'll be a lot of fun pictures. There might be a couple Grand Prix pictures floating, but it was really cool. And like I said, yeah, I do agree with you on that. Uh, last names are better. So you, you mentioned Grand Prix there. I have to bring the story up very quickly. Is there going to be a picture of when you ran over my cart at Whiteland and we stole your number panel? You hit my driver so hard going into one of the last turns, the number panel wound up in my driver's lap. And yeah, that, we, we stalled the cart after that. So he comes down 
Uh, he gets pushed down pit road because these carts, you have to use like uh, an external starter like an Indy car. And my driver comes in. I go over. I'm like, hey, do you have any damage? How's the car driving? He goes, well, I've got this. And he hands me uh, a number 63. I go, isn't this Tadeshi's number panel? He goes, yeah, I got rocked from behind. <laughs> so we yeah, all got up in our shop. That was a wild deal. He, I won't. And ironically, it wasn't even me with the shove. The biggest, the the incident that happened there was when he, someone else shoved him. He hit the curb on the inside, going into the hard left-hander. And he, once he got loose, he backed it in and he rolled back up the track. And I had nowhere to go because I was rolling high of it, and I smoked him in the left side nerf bar. And that's where that that one hurt. I'm not gonna lie. And then the crappy thing was, is I love racing carts. I think that's something. I'm going to start pursuing, especially if I'm going to be here in Indiana. I want to start pursuing and running on more of a regular basis. That that cart was just not good. As much as we practiced and shook it down, we had a motor issue of some sort, and then we think we had a clutch issue. And then after that incident, it felt like the clutch was going to let go. I felt a vibration that was kind of shaking my teeth out, and I was like, I ran two laps with it, and I said, I don't want to break my elbow or lose my arm today. I said, we're going to, uh, so we're going to call it a day. So, but yeah, that was a wild experience. Whiteland's a great racetrack, and hopefully, hopefully, I get to go back there in a cart soon. I definitely want to experiment with the LO206 stuff, a little bit more box stock, crate motor, can run on a competitive basis. But I'm fully expecting to go out and qualify like P30, P40. <laughs> well, yeah, and that was, you know, you know, I'm ribbing you there with that event. I know it was, I mean, it was, he got, it was a wild deal. It was. I, I, I don't remember who it was that sent him. But I wasn't I wasn't actually watching. I was keeping my focus on another team at that point, wanting to see what they were doing. Uh, we were also running tires. We couldn't afford new tires. We were like our budget for this race was zero dollars. We did not put a dollar into that cart because we couldn't afford it. And so we were out there on the tires that we had done final practice and qualified on for last year's Grand Prix. So they were old tires. And um, so we were out there on those. Our clutch was not set perfectly. We couldn't get it quite right. Um, it, it just never, that clutch would never tune in. I mean, you make adjustments to the clutch in increments of a quarter turn, we would do entire turns and nothing would happen. So something was broken on the inside, but it still worked enough that we could get it to kind of be good. And so, yeah, when we got shot from behind there, we slid the back tires and then we actually lost so much rear grip that it was over revving and burnt out the clutch. I mean, it came off smoking. So, yeah, we had the same issue. Um, we actually went through three clutches this year for Purdue Grand Prix, wow. and that was that was wild. And none of them were our were our fault. Two of them had return springs break, and that's I mean, it just catastrophic failure. And then the third one, I don't know what happened to it, but we had it just was not like you said, not responding to adjustments. So literally went out for qualifying, barely got any practice, just went and stickered up and ended up putting her in the show, which was, I literally afterwards, I was celebrated at Harry's for a long period of time. But I mean, it was, yeah, I feel you on clutch issues. I don't, I don't want to deal with another clutch for a while. Mm-hmm. I, I can't wait to get back to him next year and deal with uh, more clutches. But before we go and we wrap up here, any sponsors or anything you want to thank here for, uh, you know, getting you together and running out there in the NASCAR Heat Pro Series? Yeah, yeah, definitely have to thank Team Penske Esports. Uh, they've really given me a great opportunity. All the whole staff over there, they've been really supportive, really cool, and kind of opened their arms to the organization to my to me. And it's been that's been the really cool part. 
and Shell Pennzoil. They came on board initially last year with their Shell V Power brand. Now we're uh, Shell Pennzoil for the main sponsor for this year. So it's really, really cool to have them. I got to meet a lot of them at Carb Day at Indianapolis and also via FaceTime and other meetings. And they're, it's a really, really great group of people. So it's an honor to represent them on this new esports front. And then just kind of everyone who supported me throughout the whole deal. Uh, a lot more people I thought than I thought have been receptive to it. At first, I was a little bit, I wouldn't say embarrassed, but hesitant to tell people what I was doing. And then once people figured out, they're like, holy crap, like you race for a race team on NASCAR Heat. Like, this is awesome. And it's really cool just to see people in Twitch chat, Facebook chat that watch and say, like, go, Brian, good luck. Like, it's really, really cool to see. So that's, I think that's one of the things that make it. And then on the iRacing side now, especially talking about what we were talking about before, getting back into it, being on the posse and having the support of that whole group. That's re- that's been really really awesome too. So, well, folks, you heard it here first. The man that's going places currently competing in the NASCAR Heat Pro Series. No, he's going to end up going places. I've got good confidence, Mister Brian Tadashi here. Make sure to tune into the broadcast for the NASCAR Heat Pro Series. Cheer for his team. Cheer for the Penske team as well over on the PlayStation side because you run the Xbox side. So, yep. make sure to tune uh, tune in. Cheer for him. Cheer for the Penske team. But everyone, I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of Bottled Up.